Okay, happy Tuesday, everyone. We are back in business as usual. Got a lot of important major developments actually to cover and we got to do them quickly. Let's get into it. Headlines, September 22nd. The Supreme Court vacancy has shifted the election for good and COVID treatments are getting better and better. Good morning, good evening, good whatever time of the day you're listening to this. My name is Rahul Makijani, and you're tuned in to another episode of the Top of the Hour podcast. Okay, we start with our first story of the day, and this is unequivocally the story that is dominating headlines now and will be dominating headlines for sure up until the election, and that is the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the subsequent race to fill her seat. So the timing of this death has absolutely turned the election completely on its head because it comes in the midst of an already extremely crowded election year, right? Americans are already struggling. They don't know whether to vote and split their time and focus on voting on the grounds of COVID or the economic crisis or racial justice issues or climate change issues, right? You have all these things and now the race and the conversation has shifted to social justice issues and that is entirely largely because it's dramatically shifted towards filling this vacant Supreme Court seat. So whether or not you like this, whether or not you identify as a liberal or a conservative or with a different third party, whatever the case may be, this is a fact. And this election, as we know it, has officially 100% changed. And this has several implications, right? And the conversation this time around versus last time this happened in 2016 is dramatically different. Because first of all, everywhere you look right now, the biggest thing you'll probably be seeing is simply the rhetoric that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is a hypocrite. And the fact is, he is. But in this case, it may be the clearest it's ever been because when Obama nominated Judge Merrick Garland in 2016 to fill a vacancy, McConnell refused to take action for nine months with his reason basically being that since it's an election year, they got to wait for the American people to pick a president before they can take a vote. Here's him in 2016 discussing that. It is a president's constitutional right to nominate a Supreme Court justice and it is the Senate's constitutional right to act as a check on a president and withhold its consent. As Chairman Grassley and I declared weeks ago and reiterated personally to President Obama, the Senate will continue to observe the Biden rule so that the American people have a voice in this momentous decision. The American people may well elect a president who decides to nominate Judge Garland for Senate consideration. The next president may also nominate somebody very different. Either way, our view is this. Give the people a voice in filling this vacancy. So you hear it right there. He is basically explicitly saying that the American people need to have a voice in the matter. And therefore, he will be waiting until after the election is over to have a vote. But this time around, right? He has said time and time and time again that he is going to go through with the vote and he's going to do it before the election. So how and why can you justify this level of hypocrisy? Well, you can't. But does it matter? 
No, it doesn't matter. This is a classic ends justify the means type of situation here. And with the opportunity in front of him and the Republicans to take a six to three conservative majority on the court, playing by the rules, that is child's play. Okay, and on the other side of the battle, of course, you're going to have Democratic leaders from all over asserting that a weight is needed. Here's an example. Here's Senator Elizabeth Warren making that call. This is the last gasp of a desperate party that is overrepresented in the halls of power. The last gasp of a corrupt Republican leadership that doesn't reflect the views of the majority of our people or our values as a country. Country. With voting already underway for the 2020 elections, let us be crystal clear. There should be no confirmation before the inauguration. So you hear it right there. That is Elizabeth Warren, amongst many other Democrats, trying to put public pressure on Republicans to wait. But McConnell and Trump are fully locked in on trying to make this happen. And frankly, I'm pretty worried right? Because worried for a couple reasons. So first things first, this is going to attract a lot of attention leading up to the election. And it's going to pull a lot of attention away from Trump's handling of the coronavirus. And when that attention is diverted, that is only going to help Trump and hurt Biden. And second of all, and this one should worry a lot of people, is that I'm worried that a 6-3 majority in this Supreme Court is going to end the fight for progressive values in this country as we know them abortion rights, gun control legislation, health insurance, all of these fights and more, they were already in danger with a 5-4 court, but a 6-3 court, that would be a huge, huge blow and potentially irreversible. To wrap things up though, I mean, this question always, right, becomes what do we do from here? And the answer this time around, I think, at least, is you got to fight fire with fire and you have to play by the same dirty rules that, that they play. So if a justice does get pushed through the election, it's not going to be enough this time to just raise hell and bark and cry about the hypocrisy. It's also not going to be enough to target senators who went along with it and to bombard their offices with phone calls and protests. Because frankly, these types of things and responses and reactions have been happening for years and it fails at striking the moral conscious because the moral conscious doesn't even exist. Yeah, this time around, like I said, I think the Democrats need to threaten and also be serious with their threat about taking drastic measures. And this could be like packing the Supreme Court with more justices, because at this point, it is a legitimate fight for values. And the discussion here has actually very much been heating up. So here's Mondaire Jones, a Democratic House candidate from New York, who is black and openly gay, talking about the fight to fill more justices, which he feels is necessary. Why should we be talking about the Supreme Court? your question. For me, it's not just because I'm an attorney concerned about the rule of law, uh, though I am, because it is constantly under assault. The main reason I'm here at Nedroots talking about court expansion is because this issue is personal to me. I am a black person in America who is extremely frustrated that people who look like me have an unnecessarily difficult time voting all across this country. The thing that John Lewis risked his life for on Bloody Sunday. I am a gay person who is horrified by what has become an annual ritual, spending the month of June every year waiting to see if five justices on the Supreme Court will vote to take away my civil rights. If we want to restore democracy, we have 
to rebalance the Supreme Court. Now, that audio was actually taken from an interview that he had done weeks ago, but the point is the same, right? You're going to hear a lot of talk about this, uh, these types of measures in the upcoming weeks, but primarily if Republicans are able to push a Trump nominee, a third one to the Supreme Court justice before November or even before January, definitely, definitely expecting some chaos. This is a huge, this is a major developing story that's going to be changing quite frequently and we'll be tracking it, of course, as updates continue. Our next and final story of the day. This is another straight week of positive coronavirus news from the Bay Area because at least locally, the curve is continuing to flatten. Here is Dr. Monica Gandhi touching on it and a little bit about why. We have done a better job at controlling infections in skilled nursing facilities and the vulnerable getting infected. Lots of testing there. I think that we are doing a great job masking. So you hear her say right there, we're doing a good job protecting our elderly and also doing a good job wearing masks, which are great. But also according to several other experts from what I saw online, there's other reasons as well why in particular the death rate has significantly improved. So first things first, as she said, the patient mix has changed a lot. We're now doing a lot more tests on younger people, um, people who can fare much better with COVID. Also, hospitals apparently have been way more prepared this time around in terms of staffing um, and supplies from those perspectives. And then I also came across what I thought were the two most interesting reasons out of the bunch, which were that treatment at hospitals themselves have significantly improved. And that was broken down in two reasons. For one, nurses have gained a much better understanding on when to put a patient on a ventilator, which has really helped out. And two, there's two drugs remdesivir and dexamethasone, which are continuously being proven and talked about as effective treatments in critically ill patients. So I think personally, this is a huge sigh of relief, relatively at least, because in my opinion, it's like the way I think about it is we're at least somewhere between halfway and three quarters of the way there on beating this thing. So if we can have treatments that are helping out significantly up until we start to see vaccine announcements in terms of something's ready and then they start to be rolled out, I think we will 100% beat this thing. So really glad here, two straight positive weeks of good news in the COVID front in the Bay Area. And as always, need to just keep being vigilant so we don't get another spike. But fingers crossed that encouraging reports like this keep coming our way. All right, y'all, that is going to do it. Thank you once again so, so much for tuning in. Take care, and as always, stay safe, stay informed. We'll see you here next time at the Top of the Hour podcast.